0: welcome to interruption podcast where we have heartfelt and sacred discussions about our culture faith traditions and community we invite guests who are open and willing to share their journey and disrupt the silence on their personal and professional interruptions that have impacted their lives as it relates to emotional wellness kathy and i are passionate about every episode and committed to providing actionable advice that you can apply today to reinvent yourselves on this journey to encourage you to develop a path towards healing. Our podcast tonight is entitled, Tell Me What You Need, and our guest is D'Arswell Rogers, and we're welcoming Darzwell to the red carpet. Welcome D'Arswell.
1: Thank you very much, I'm thrilled to be here.
0: How are you?
2: I'm awesome. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Awesome. <laughs> so, Daris, well we know that you are Odell's cousin. What are you doing now? I do advisory work,
1: coaching, and training, um, mostly for um, between Fortune 500 companies to emerging growth companies. That tends to be the area. That's, that's the main focus, in that Tends to be around helping them think through um, all the disruption related to technological change and generational change inside organizations.
2: Okay, that's very deep, Darzwell. So I I need a whole show just to explain that little explanation, but that's not. It's actually
1: not that complicated, but I. (laughs) Okay,
2: well, it feels like it. (laughs)
1: Uh, It's not complicated at all.
2: All right, so Darzwell. You and Odell, uh, normally when you say, I want you to meet my cousin, in our head, uh, we're thinking that you grew up playing together, sandbox, went to the playground together, everything, but that's not the case for you and Odell. So tell me about when you met. Sure. Uh, Odell My uh, Odell and I met at
1: a family reunion that was hosted in Los Angeles at my house, and um, I'm thinking, Dell, you can correct me. There were twenty or thirty plus people at dinner. I mean, uh, our downstairs was packed. It was at Christmas time, which is also an interesting time to have a reunion. and uh, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm I can guess on the ages, but um, Odell and my younger sister both got these ballerina dolls for for uh, Christmas that year. So that gives you some sense of how old she was. And I guess we're four or five years apart.
0: I was 10. I remember coming my first time to California. My mother had been to the house before and I was 10. And Kathy, it was like, a previous version of the Prince of Bel Air, you know, showing up. That's what it seemed like to me. Okay. I know you told me, you told me. This is my my story. Uh So I show up at my family's house and it's Los Angeles, palm trees. And I'm from Boston, you know, four corners. And I got palm trees in the summer. I mean, in the winter and it's beautiful and house was a three level story house and darswell's father was a doctor and as i went downstairs where the family was eating there was a pool an in-ground pool (laughs) not one of them blow up pools sitting up up, 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 on some grass but an in-ground pool and had a slide and this was my first time at a family member's house and in my eyes they were rich, and and I'm saying this word, and they had a maid. Ah, uh, so he doesn't like that word. He said I didn't have a maid; he had someone that just came in and cleaned up. I'm like, that, right. that's the maid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. So wait a
2: minute. So you said that your mother had been there before. So Darswell, you met Odell's mom before you actually met her. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, how did that happen?
1: She came out on on vacation, and. Uh, there was my first exploration into culinary into there's a certain way you prepare things and my main memory was steak because i loved steak and she let it be known that there's a couple of key criteria about steak first off a quality steak requires no seasoning
2: and you
1: only eat it medium rare you don't ever cook it well done so there might've been a whole lot of other things that took place, but steak was my passion at the time. And those were her two very specific things that stuck with me until this very day.
2: I feel like we should do a podcast on culinary skills because I keep hearing this about your mother, Odell. And so now I have, as as well, I will tell you, I have never heard that, that a quality steak does not need seasoning. I, I love that. I didn't you, know you that. You just
1: grill it. You just cook it. Okay. I mean, you can put, if you want to put something on after the fact, but in terms of, of cooking it, if it's a quality steak, it doesn't require any season.
2: OK. All right. Well, Odell, my kitchen is yours, so you just oh, tell you know, me. I love your house. So that's, that's any time. You know that. <laughs> so Darrell, by the way, I love your name. Very unusual name. So I Thank like you. that. <laughs> Thank you. So. Let me let me share. Odell has shared her version of how she transferred to Howard University, but I want to hear your version. Why and why did she end up doing that transfer to Howard University? Um, She ended up doing that transfer to Howard University
1: because I wasn't going to accept anything other than her transferring to Howard University. (laughs) Uh, I did not. I did not give her an option. Um, She protested and I said, I don't care. Uh, you're going to Howard, and it began with the fact that I I came from Howard to New York to work on Wall Street, and with the help of of um, Mary Odell's mother and our cousin Gwen, they helped me to get find an apartment and get me all set up in Brooklyn. And that apartment literally was two blocks from where Dell was in school at Pratt Institute. And at some point after I moved in, and I don't remember the circumstances of my visit, um, but but she, she remembers it better than I do, I went over and I think for dinner, but I certainly went over to visit and I just kind of sized up the place. And my simple assessment of the place was that the depth of the college experience, particularly for an African-American um was was just not as strong as I felt that she would get at at howard. Mm-hmm. I was very confident that she would get the curriculum, but I wanted her to have a very enriching college experience and i just i just there was nothing about the pratt experience and i and, and I just want to be clear I thought her friends were nice people okay so
2: <laughs> okay i thought okay. they i
1: thought they were nice people. And I probably if I had 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 a little bit more forethought, I'd been tempted to get them all to transfer to Howard. (laughs) But at the moment, I just had the one focus on my cousin and and pretty much, and she tells the story better than I do, that it had to happen.
0: Yeah, my story is, and I put this in the book, is that you came to help me with a project that I was working on for accounting, because that was your field, finance. And basically you said, you're wasting your time here, you can do better, and this is undervaluing you, and you got to go, and that was it, you got to go, and you're going to Howard, and then he took me to Howard University for spring break, changed my life, and I didn't have an option, I tried to, but uh, at this point, Darswell was my mother, you know, the golden child, he, he was it, you know, Darswell said so. Then let's listen to Darswell, and uh, you know. So Darswell knows he graduated. will take you to Howard, and Howard should have been an option for my freshman year. But now I'm two years in, and Howard's an option. So although you had never visited the campus before. Have never been. Never. Um, I don't even think I applied to an HBCU when I was going through applications. NY NYU. I was in food nutrition. You know, Texas HBCU um, was not something that I was going to school in high school in Boston Tech. So they weren't trying to remind you or promote you about HBCUs. So no, I didn't know.
2: Yeah. Okay, all right. So tell me how Darzwell fit into your life
0: uh, in reference to your graduation, your wedding. So he, you know, has always been in my life, graduated, was at my house was at graduation. We've he's been to Howard while I was there, making sure that I was doing okay. And you saw in the book when I wrote I had an accident and Darswell was instrumental in calling the school and saying, you know, to take incompletes so that I could be able to take get incomplete for the semester that I was injured for and be able to go back to, to school and have a heavier load but i wouldn't fail that semester that i had the car accident so he was instrumental there when i got married he was there at the wedding Um, my father actually couldn't make it because he was sick i wanted to ask Darzwell to walk me down the aisle that's how close we were Mm -hmm. and when the kids were born he had a son older than my than jackie so our kids were always in new york i was in new york so he was uncle Darzwell. And so when they went to New York, Darzwell and Randy, and we've had Randy on the show. So Randy is the chef that's in Harlem. This is his dad.
2: Yes. So Darzwell, we did meet your son on a previous podcast called A Few Good Men. Which I have watched. Oh, okay. All right. So he, he shared, if you watch it, then you know that he shared about your role in helping him become the sole owner from his mother your, um, which would be your ex-wife. Um, what was that experience like for you? Well, I, I'm going to give, uh, I'm going
1: to give Randy a, a lot of credit on having pulled that together uh, more so than, than me. I, I definitely, and to this day, I play a second fiddle advisory role. What I describe him as the lead entrepreneur. If you, if you want to own something, I can't, do all the heavy lifting for you to accomplish something that you you say you want to do. Uh, the the dynamics with between he and his mother were always complicated. Okay. Um, and so he had a very specific plan and strategy on what he thought he needed to do leading up to the uh, the purchase, and I would not have done it the way he proposed. Okay, I would not have done it that way. But in hindsight, and I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of that whole thing, but in hindsight, his play was on point and accurate, and we actually bought that business in probably August of 2019. So what, six months before there, six, nine months before the pandemic hit. And uh, we had an outstanding uh, year when the pandemic hit. Revenue grew significantly, and, and so it's it's been successful. But I give him... You know, my experience in it was that I had to, I my to answer your question directly, my experience yep. was to, that my son really did understand um, what was necessary for him to get control over that business. And I simply helped kind of with the financial side of it and getting the books in order
0: and just providing some guidance.
2: Okay.
0: So, okay. yes, it was, he talks about it um and it was so it was difficult getting randy to talk but once we got him on he was rolling so that was good <laughs> and i still you know,
2: haven't visited his restaurant i have to get there
1: <laughs> yeah we're right right now we're do take out and delivery apps only so uh,
2: yeah please
1: swing by and grab a plate to
0: take with you that'd be awesome <laughs> well we're gonna wait till we can drive to harlem and sit down. <laughs> there you go okay so we're gonna wait for that one and then when John gets older, he goes to school in New York, and our sons are living together, and they're living in, they're living in Harlem, they're living in New York, I mean, in Harlem and in Brooklyn, and, you know, it was, it was great. So, they were living, my son was living my life of being in New York, and I felt good about where he was, and I felt safe that he was with Randy, who can shepherd him through the New York City life being an older cousin.
1: And having uh, been born and raised in the city, he's very comfortable.
0: Yes, so that's what he did. He um, he really helped. So Dara's question for you. So when you heard about John, which I don't know, how did you hear about John and your reaction? You
1: say you don't know how I heard?
0: I don't, or I don't remember how you heard about you, John. You called
1: and told me. Oh. Hmm. You called me and you said, John is dead.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. And, uh, you know, somebody shot him and John is dead. And there wasn't a whole lot more said. I, I think I was pretty much in the speechless category. Um, it 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 was it was one of those kind of breathtaking moments. it takes all the air out of you you just you feel a, a bit lifeless and disoriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, she clearly was in a bad place. Eldell was clearly in a bad place and not really wanting to do the who, what, where, when, why kind of questioning. It was very clear that that was not uh, the play um, and if memory serves I I ultimately ended up talking to Sarah, as a, as as a my means of kind of filling in the blanks.
0: And yeah. who is Sarah? Sarah is my sister in Boston. I grew okay. up. Both. Okay. So yes. So I don't. Re- I did not remember that I called you, but Randy oh. spoke at the service, and he walked up to me, and I could see him with all the emotions that he was carrying, and he says, "I have to say something." Um, and it's like, do what you have to do. The floor is yours. And you and I, you know, and that was a hard message to hear, to hear Randy get up there in the church. Our church was packed, Kathy. And I Randy, was
1: there.
0: Yeah, I know you were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, well, well, I've never
1: heard this story.
0: And Randy spoke, um, during the t- hour that we gave, I gave to Jackie to have friends speak. Randy spoke and- he just spoke from the heart about john his cousin and being a big cousin what that role was like he never he said he never had that responsibility before of being a big cousin to someone and someone looking up to him and he shared his voice and he talked and afterwards people were looked at john like wow he knew a lot of kids a lot of people from all walks of life, that had good things to say about him, and, and Randy was spoke well and carried himself and represented the family. And whatever friendship stories he could tell, he told. <laughs> um, with him and John, He's, but you know, afterwards, you know, Dars was always in my life. He was there. I can call him. We could talk. Mm-hmm. And it took a while before I was able to wanted to reengage with relationships. And Dawes, do you remember you and I were in New York? Jackie was with us, and I think my our friend Tanya from church. We went to Harlem, we had dinner. We had lunch at Red Rooster, and we were talking. And a lot of it was was me. but I, I remember saying to you that I needed you, you because you asked me, what do you want from me? What do you need? Not what do you need? What do you want from me? And at the time, all I could say to you was, I need you to be a better cousin. Mm-hmm. I asked you that. Did you know what that meant? Uh, yeah, I did.
1: What what I don't recall is what led up to you saying that to me. I don't remember what led up to the statement. And and what I'll what I'll say is that um, part of the. Nature of our relationship has always been for me to challenge you to be, uh, be to do better and be better, right? Um, and so, when you ask me what does that mean um, today, I, I can I can be quite blunt, and that's a family characteristic, all right. <laughs> um, but what I think I really heard at that moment was more about the nurturing more about the support in a uh in a i'll I'll say kinder gentler version um to be highly responsive when called upon to be a very good listener and um and 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 i and i certainly think that at some level i probably actively engage Randy and saying telling and sharing kind of what was flowing through I and I don't I don't my memory was is that you all didn't necessarily have a lot of of uh, interactions per se but certainly to the extent that I could bring him in on anything that we were doing as well as our cousin David into anything that we were doing I thought to bring you know family into the into the fold.
2: So Darzil, yeah. I want to get back back to what you just said, but before I do that, I do want to ask Odell because that's an interesting statement that I you know often people don't say that like I need you to be a, a better whatever that person a happens to cousin. be in this in this instance it's cousin, um, and and obviously the the name of our our podcast tonight it was premised on this story because um, for for you to be able to say what. what you asked, what do you need? And and she told you like, what do you, what do you need? What do you want? And I, and I remember this story, it, it stuck in my head because I remember early on in my marriage, I came home and I was just furious with my husband because he hadn't, you know, put the silverware away. And I was fussing about it to my sister. And she said, well, did you ask him to? And I said, well, I shouldn't have to ask him to put the silverware away. <laughs> he should just know and so my sister responded, well, that's stupid. But if you, if you want something done, why don't you ask for it? If you want something, why don't you ask for it? And so it stuck in my head uh, when Odell was sharing that story. So Odell, I want to, because that's a, just this whole piece of it is really interesting. So Odell, did you know what you meant when you asked him that to be, I need you to be a better cousin?
0: He wasn't checking in on me. And he wasn't responding to my email, my, my text messages or calls. And that wasn't our relationship. And I lost a son. It's not like he didn't know John Mm -hmm. and didn't know me. You know, he was, he was uncle Dar as well. So he knew the kids and been around them, but he wasn't around that year. And that was not our relationship and I needed that to be our relationship. I needed that back. One of the things he always teased me about is being, you know, he's a family trait. He said, you're a Thompson. You know, I'm going to tell you the truth. (laughs) I'm going to be blunt. I'm going to answer your question. He said, I can always depend on you to answer a question. Um, Very quickly when his son was going to school at Tufts, he said, what family members should he contact? I said, none. He's like, Well, all the family in Boston. I said, none. I said, you can call Sarah. He said, but that's none. No one. Um, Let him go and do what he needs to do. But no, no one. And he just could not get over the fact that I I still said no one. Hmm. So he always knew that I would tell him the truth.
1: Can, can i just add this uh this one thing at the point in time that all this happened i had moved to north carolina so i did not have the proximity that i had when i was living in manhattan before then so okay. um so distance played a played a part in in me not being quite as as present for some things
2: okay so the, the, so, so the
1: phone calls and the like were probably even more important
2: yeah so did you know so it sounds like you knew what she meant when she asked i said that. yeah okay
1: was, yeah i mean she, we we had a conversation about a couple of days ago. She said, "Do you remember?" I said, "Absolutely. I, re- I remember when you asked, and and there was not any incremental. Here's what I mean: there was no, there was no need to clarify the request."
2: Okay. So did I? So I heard. Am I hearing you correctly? So you left Wall Street and you moved to North Carolina. What Correct. prompted that? Uh, I wanted to. Uh,
1: Kind of experienced something different
2: was
1: it was at the period of time when my marriage was uh was you know we were going through that whole thing so oh. a new venue and a new uh, breath of fresh air if you will mm-hmm. uh, seemed appropriate yeah. and I had and I had also bought some uh, real estate in historic downtown Fayetteville a community a year or two prior to me moving. So I had a that additional kind of connection.
2: Okay. All right. So um, a year later uh, after John passed, Odell has a brain aneurysm. How did you hear about that?
1: Um, Sarah called me. Okay. and uh, And told me, and it was I was sitting in my office, and it was the middle of the day. I'm thinking whether, whether or not it was late morning or in the afternoon. I can't tell you specifically, but that's that's when I got the phone call.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, what, what made it really a challenging uh, moment in time for me was a few, not long before I got that phone call, Um, there was a young man who was a young uh, African-American brother who had grown up in extremely challenging difficulties down in South Carolina um, had really lifted himself up by his bootstraps and he had three or four businesses very successful businesses lawn businesses a transportation business and not and not Uh, a very short period before I got the phone call that Dale had an aneurysm, I got a phone call telling me that he was doing tree trimming and had fallen out of a tree and had killed himself. He had fallen and died. And then I got the phone call that Dale had an aneurysm. and, And that is the last time I can remember having a unmitigated breakdown in terms of tears um i cried so hard for so long and i'm i'm not i'm not a particularly emotional person in terms of external but if you can ever imagine crying being cathartic the 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 the, the, every if i felt like crying i just cried if i if i if i felt like wailing i just wailed if i felt like I just needed to feel. I I I just embraced the fact that I was in sorrow and that I had tremendous worry, and um, obviously that young man had passed. Right, there was nothing that I could do other than grieve. But the notion that that Dale was fighting for her life. Um was extremely uh, challenging for me to deal with. And uh, I just let it out. I let out all of my, I, I just let it out. And I mm-hmm. when I say I let it out, I think it was a couple of hours. And I'm not, I just, that's not what I do. I'm, I'm not the mm-hmm. sort of person, you know, if I see it, if, I, if there's a tear that comes down, I start to feel embarrassed, you know? I'm not, you know, like, oh my God, you know, the only seen me cry. And again, I was in my room, I was in my office by myself but I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried
0: mm-hmm. and, and
1: uh, that, that's what happened that day.
0: I don't remember. I had the surgery and it was after the surgery. I kept hearing D'Arswell is, everybody in the room was talking that D'Arswell is coming up from North Carolina. We have to pick him up at three o'clock from the train station. And that was everybody's concern. They came in the room. Who's picking up D'Arswell? Everybody here from D'Arswell, he's on the train. D'Arswell, D'Arswell coming at 3. And I thought I was going to die. I mm-hmm. said, I knew in my head he lived in North Carolina. I said, so if he's catching a train from North Carolina to see me, I must, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. And when he walked in the room, that's what I asked you. Because he walked in, he finally got to the hospital, He told everybody you all can have the day off i'm here you all can leave and you can only have one person that could stay in the room with you through the night and he's in the book is that third angel that slept in the chair Mm -hmm. and told people you all can leave and i asked him i said am i going to die he says no not any time that i know about he (laughs) said but I got some questions for you. So I'm in the (laughs) ICU, right? You know, stuff in my throat, you know, bag on the left hand side, you know, blood's going into the bag as it's draining off my head. And I got like 30 something equipments behind me, keeping me alive. And he sits in the chair and he looks at me and he says, and I want to talk to you while we're here. I've got some biblical questions for you. I want to talk to you about King David. <laughs> and I'm like,
2: who? <laughs> well, you had some time on your hands, right? Yeah. Right? You know. So, and and well I will tell you that you and I have that in common because I mean, we could just be anywhere, and something just like what you did, something just pops in my head. I say, oh, I have a a biblical question for you because I know you're going to explain it to a, the way that I would understand it to my mm-hmm. to my level, right? I mm-hmm. so I don't need the doctoral level. I need just explain explain it to me exactly what Mm -hmm. does this mean and so um I even during the pandemic I I asked Odell to set up a a Bible study class for (laughs) for me and my husband and some friends so we had about five people (laughs) on the Bible
0: (laughs) and she didn't ask me what time was good for me what day was good for me she says, I need you to set up a Bible study class on Tuesday <laughs> at seven o'clock. She said, I want to watch Alpha Street Baptist Church has a can I push it Bible study, and we're not gonna understand it. So what I did, because I didn't and she didn't give me a choice. We set up a Zoom TV and I don't, and I'm still recovering from brain aneurysm. And I'm trying to figure <laughs> this out. So we zoom. We watched a Bible study together, and then when it was over, I translated what he meant.
1: Well, you know, you needed a, you needed to have uh, you needed to have some challenges, right? You needed to have those neural those neural pathways reconnecting in new ways. And so we were just we were supporting your your we were supporting your neurological recovery. mine, oh, mine, mine a little bit more early in the process, perhaps. <laughs> but that's all that was about. And can I just point out? On my trip up, that Randy did come with me, um, and so he didn't. He yeah, he didn't stay over, but he came. He came. The two of us came up on the train at the same time.
0: Didn't remember that.
1: Yeah,
2: it was easy. So I so we do have that in common because it does feel easy to be able to ask for those questions because we know we're going to get you know. She's my go to. She's my go to
1: authority. I mean, I have a couple of go to authorities, (laughs) but you know the 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 safety of families so that it truly doesn't feel like you're asking something dumb or, you know, you can, you can, you can perhaps want to extrapolate in ways that might be a little bit more controversial. I, should, I shouldn't say controversial, but unconventional. You may want to extrapolate things in unconventional fashions. And so, you know, you've got the incremental uh, safety of a uh, family. I mean, let's face it. She isn't it. She's not just a, she's a scholar. She's not just yeah. a, uh, a, 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 a person that is, has studied, but she's a scholar in 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 the Bible. So, I mean, who else should I ask?
2: That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, I I want to acknowledge something, Darzo, that you said before before we move on. You said that once you you had that young man that you found out um, had died from the fall, and then you found out about Odell, and you said that, um, which is just beautiful. You said that you embraced that you were in sorrow you know, it takes people, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and especially um, for men, it is difficult for some men to recognize that it's okay to cry. But I think even more than just crying, you just said, I, I, I need some time, I need mm-hmm. to accept how I am feeling. And I need to release that. And I mean, for you to be able to do that and say it and talk about it is amazing because so many people, especially people that have gone through situations of trauma, it takes them a long time to recognize that. And, and I'll share that, you know, with you that Odell, you know frequent frequented my my home as she was going through her her loss and there was one point where she came and and she said to me she said i should be better by now and i mean i was like okay who said that to you like why do you why you know what does that mean why do you think that right and so um if she was able to have at that point say i i am in, in mourning I am mourning and I should have sorrow and she and so I appreciate that um, you saying that because that's so important for people that are going through traumatic situations and even if it's not someone directly related to you sometimes just hearing everything that's going on in the news you got to take a break from what you're hearing you got to take a break and just say okay. I either need to breathe, I either need to cry, or I just have to move away from the situation. So, for you to say that, thank you so much. I, I that's that's wonderful. Um, and Odell, that's you know what? That's another T-shirt, right? <laughs> <laughs> another T-shirt? Yeah, Tell me another, what, you tell, what you want. What you want? Or say I embrace I embrace I was in sorrow, right? And so that's a recognition. That's a big step for people to take. Yeah. Um, so thank you. So Odell, let me ask you this. Why, now I've met Darswell. um, So tell me why it was important for you to tell the story of him and and how did you feel? And then Darswell, for you, how did you feel reading your story in the book?
0: So Odell, you first. It's my cousin. And we've had laughter and fun together. Um, I always go back to the story of my, because of my age, I'm too, young to hang out with him when i met and older than his sister so i was in the middle and his sister carrie and i were still you know i didn't want to play with dolls anymore i wanted (laughs) to go out with with darswell and his and and his and his friends and his mother no (laughs) you know it was new year's eve i'm in california and i want to go out to a party and she's like, "No, it's not happening. You're you're 13 or something. You." I had to go back into the room with Carrie and and, and watch the ball drop, and it has taken me a long time to get over that. But um... she,
1: she she never lets me forget it. That's for sure. If my if my mother was living, she'd be talking to her about it. I I, I promise you, it it was a it was a very very meaningful disappointment in her life
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know who i met at your house um the author um alex haley <gasps>
1: really well i wasn't there because i never met alex Haley.
0: alex haley was at your house i, I yeah. met him i mean i didn't know who he was i was young but your father had alex haley at the house and that just i remembered but no it was important to tell my story because of college and us traveling to Howard, and we've had great conversations and laughter, uh, great times together in New York. And I wanted to tell our story because it's important when you have a family member that is just there for you. We didn't grow up, we don't, you know, we don't. We didn't share that bond together, but the bond that happened afterwards, is important to share.
2: So, Darswell, well, first of all, how did you feel when you found out Odell wrote a book? And then secondly, how did you feel about <laughs> reading your story in the book? Well, we,
1: uh, you know, there was a whole lot that took place from the time, from the beginning of this, I've got to remake myself, right? That's where we started, because in, in reality for, I don't know, probably the first two years after the aneurysm, Odell was, okay, I've got to work on my resume. Okay, I've got to think about what job I'm going to have. Okay, I got it. And so she's calling me up, and we're having conversations, and she's wanted to write a resume, and and I'm telling her what it should say, and she's literally attempting to scribe my language into what it is that she does. And I'm like, but, Dell, you can't, you have to describe what you do, and and this is the challenge when you've gone through something like she has. She doesn't have great memory around it, and even if she had great memory around what she did professionally, that doesn't mean that her language competencies are what they used to be, and so i i really put a lot of this is what you, you know if you, you you know i it there, so we went through a, a, a series of iterations and then yeah. you know she would she would do it and then it would she'd go away and then she'd come back and then it, it'd go away and she'd come back and uh, because she asked me that she this to do this you know i was gonna it's gonna be a big i was going to be highly supportive but it was clear that there was a struggle that there was a gap that that her that she wasn't strong enough and then she's telling me i can only focus for x period of time i said well how are you going back getting a full-time job if you if you if you've got to relax every couple of hours i mean how how does that work Mm. and so she's not it's not fitting together but she asked me to help her so i helped her and then at some point and i I can't tell you when this happened i've decided i'm going to write a play right the I remember, my memory is the, the play came before the book yes so then she's writing a play and uh i was actually in the play right so and i you know I, I read every version of it i i gave feedback on other people's takes on it i was in the middle of the evaluation of who they were selecting to be what roles in the play and then i had this little role as the angel and that was the first time that I re-remembered re- the fact that I had asked her about... About... Um, King David. The, about, about King David, I, said, I didn't remember it was King David. I know I asked her about the Bible, but I didn't remember it was David. She's telling me it was David, and I have no reason to, but, but, but and, and that, and then when she reminded me of it, I was like, well, how dumb is that? The woman's got an aneurysm, and here you are asking her questions. which I'm just thankful she's alive. <laughs> but see, for me, for me, she was living. Okay. So I, I didn't sit. There was no, there was no, I wasn't sitting there um, even remotely thinking that, Hey, this is the last time I'm going to see it. Nothing like that. She had the service. She came through it. Okay. Let's talk about stuff. I mean, that's, that's really where, that's really where I was. So then coming to the question about the book and reading the book, um, here's what I'll say about that. You don't fully appreciate the impact that you have in a person's life, because you're sitting in your seat and they're sitting in their seat, right? You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't really know. You offer up insight and perspective, and you and you guide and you cajole, you insist or you demand, or you, you know, there are certain things that you do, and you do them uh, partially with direct intent. And partially without thinking about that they have some sort of meaning because, you know, in in the grand scheme of my life, it was not as it was it was just something that happened. Mm -hmm. But but for her, and particularly when I listened to the interview with Randy and uh, Odell, because they were both telling stories about me that I'm like, really? (laughs) I don't remember that, but I've got very specific points of view Mm -hmm. about. The things you should be exposed to, not that not that you got to do it the way I, I think yeah. you should do, it with the exception of going to Howard uh, for for Ordell, but I just think you got you, you need to incorporate these things into your perspective. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it was, you know, gratifying to to read it. It was hilarious, um, particularly coming back to me in that chair asking questions. Um, but she could tell some stories about stuff and the two of them told all kinds of stories about me and I'm like, I don't remember that. When did that happen? I, I don't even, I even I'm even i not even sure that happened. They must've made that up. So I don't remember, yeah, you know, it was a while ago that, that that you all did that interview. So I don't have great, perfect memory of it, but I, I do, I did laugh at the fact that Randy thought the two of us grew up together. So that one was kind of funny, but. Yes. But uh, that's my best answer, you know, in terms of what the experience was like in terms of reading it.
0: But Kathy, to his kindness, it wasn't two years after the brain aneurysm. It was three, four months afterwards. Oh, Was it and really I, that soon? It was that soon that I thought that I could return to work because I had not grasped the true understanding that I had a brain aneurysm. And I was sending my resume to Darswell and to Michelle and Tanya and other relatives. And they kept saying, oh, I'll get to it. Oh, I'll get to it. And then finally um michelle said listen we're not helping you you're the only one that hasn't learned that you've had a brain aneurysm and you're not returning to work so stop asking me um to help you with this resume and that was the true insight to okay i'm not because kathy the job that i wanted i wanted to work for uber corporation Mm -hmm. i wanted to work i did i wanted to work for the corporate office that worked with teams to help them to work with restaurants. The only job available was in New York City, and which meant I had to catch the train to go to New York. There was no COVID, so you was going to work to work in Uber Corporation to help trainers work with restaurants to bring them on board. That was my ideal job. That's what I wanted. And Nichelle said, you can't even drive down the street less known catch a train. <laughs> okay. So I had to get a reality check on my, and, and my daughter kept saying, Ma, you can't do that. You can't, you are not ready. And even when I want to do this podcast, I had to get a co-host. I had to get Kathy. because you, you guys play
1: off each other very well.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. But Odell, so you spoke of driving. I'm so glad you did that because now I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to Darzwell. So other guests have mentioned that Odell has some driving challenges. Would you agree with that, Darzwell?
1: Um, she could drive you to drink. <laughs> <our bad. laughs> But that, that, that's, that's how that's how bad it is. Um, I've, I've <laughs> speculated as to whether or not it's gotten any better. I, I think the aneurysm might have probably improved her driving. <laughs> um, because with her full capacity or full faculties, it was rough. And uh, she was driving. We were driving to D.C. I guess I was going down for homecoming. I we were both
0: going down for home. No, it was reunion. Your twenty fifth and my twentieth. Oh, wow. Was it that long after? Yeah. Okay. So
1: so obviously at that age, that point, she's a mature driver. This is not some rookie that's supposed <laughs> to be behind the wheel. And and you know the uh, interstate ninety-five, the bulk of ninety-five is two lanes in each direction, right? The interstate's two lanes. And so this is very simple and basic rules about how you navigate an interstate. If you are passing, you're in the fast lane. If you're not, you're in the slow lane. That allows faster traffic to go by. Yes. And Odell would get in that fast lane, and she would sit there. (laughs) And she's not going fast. (laughs) And the cars are piling up behind her, swerving to get around at every opportunity. And I I finally looked over at her, and I said, it's you. You know that I hate and cuss that on the highway. Cause get over, get get over in the slow lane. I said, get get your butt over in the slow lane. What? What? She's telling. Me. I said, you that, get over. And so she'd get over, and then the moment she had an opportunity to pass somebody, she'd pass and she'd sit there again. And then the cars are about I, I said, You
0: got to get back over. You just get over here in Paris. So and go this back. is this is our three-hour car ride from New York to DC. I said, get back <laughs> over. I did I finally take the wheel. I can't even remember. Did I take the wheel? No, you let me drive there. But yeah. Kathy, we get but, to reunion. We're in different places. We're having a great time. When it's time to leave, Darswell pulled the muscle in his back. Oh so when I picked him up. He could barely walk and was talking about how bad his back was hurting. I said, don't worry, cuz I got some sleep. I'll drive. What did you say? No, not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> Even I don't care with how the medical I was <laughs> nothing was gonna be more
1: miserable than having to experience her on the road. She, she, she I, I mean I just I just and, and no amount of Odell, you gotta get over. It just was not gonna she was just She'd sit there and I'm like, man, this is why the interstate is clogged (laughs) with traffic. It's, 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 you know, there's a bunch of hotels out
0: there. He took pain pills. He leaned the seat all the way back and he said, I'm driving. And he drove all the way. He would not, Dodge, well, your back hurts. Quiet. (laughs) You're not driving. You know, that's pretty
2: bad. He took pain pills and still was driving. That's pretty bad. That's dedication. Uh uh. That is no, no, that's not dedication. That's survival <laughs> That's, oh, <right>. that's... <laughs> So, Darswell, I love this story um, because when Odell shares the story about you staying in the chair, sleeping in the chair overnight, she she does it with uh, such endearness towards you. Now, you've seen her then, and I know you all have not really been able to see each other much, obviously, since COVID and, and everything that's going on. You see her now. How do you think that she is doing now compared to that night that you spent with her?
1: So so it's very interesting because um, I'm currently, um, I've I've been a student of neuroscience. Uh, I consider myself a student of the human condition. That's how I describe myself. I do advisory work. I do coaching and and training. And it's all about uh, getting, uh, first off, figuring people out and i mean in general figuring out why we do or why humans do what they do and why we behave the way we behave and i'm i'm currently in the middle of a of a 6 week certificate program at MIT Sloan on neuroscience and business and so i have taken uh so my comments have been I, I, because i'm literally in the middle of this course about neuroscience and understanding neuroplasticity And these studies on how people who have had uh, trauma or or deficiencies in terms of their mental capacity have their path, their neural pathways have found new connections for them to become completely fully functional um, as as though they had never had the trauma. That's really where the where the potential is. And so what I would say is, is that um, this is like, you know, if if you know, understand marketing where they, they might have the new coke. Uh, and I forget. There's a certain level when you're like the new, like they change the packaging, uh, then that makes that means you you're new. If they change the packaging and they've added a bunch of a, a, a bunch of other stuff to it, that means it's new and improved. And so this is the new and improved Odell Reverend Odell <laughs> Montgomery Cooper, right? She she is new and improved. I mean you can't that she, that and and I had her on my radio show because I have a radio show, what three weeks ago or so. And uh, there's not a question. She's very comfortable. Um, you get the repartee, the conversation. She's 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 there. She's you know, she's firing on all cylinders uh, uh, in so many ways. And so um, anyone who ever says they can't do something, you need to bob them aside the head, mm-hmm. and you need to say that's some crap. Because uh, what we now know about the, the brain and the nature of our, of our intelligence, which is actually flows from the brain through the brainstem into the stomach, believe it or not, there's something I learned the other day, which is that our mem our, our, our long-term memories and wisdom is actually housed in a, a big chunk, chunk of it is actually housed in the nervous in the in the uh, neurons that are in our stomach. And so mm. we are whole body. Uh, our our mental capacity isn't just, doesn't stop here at the neck. It flows throughout, certainly down to the gut and and really through all of our senses. And so she's just taken what she did have available to her which is massive amounts of other capacities and she's found ways to knit them together to accomplish uh, some wonderful things. I mean a play, a book, a podcast, a training program—those mm-hmm. are things that people would say is a lifetime worth of accomplishments—and she's done them in a few short years. And so, just think about what we have to look forward to moving forward.
2: That's true. That's beautiful. Thank so, you—you—you—you you, you, you mentioned, and we have mentioned on this show um, that Odell is reinventing herself. So what do you believe is in that message when she says that she isn't reinventing herself or anyone that may say that? So can, can I go back to when you asked me, what do I do
1: for a living? Because I think this, sure is where the, this is where the tie in is. Um, um, I, I said that I help organizations de- work through technological and generational change. There's going to be more technological change in the next twenty years than there's been in human history. People don't like change. Um, if you look at the statistics, only eighteen percent of people are are likely initially to like a new idea. That means twenty-two to twenty-four percent of eighty-two to eighty-four percent of those people, don't want to change. And so you've got, oh got Odell here, who has said that I'm embracing the fact that there's uncertainty in the world, that I can't define what the world, what the future will define, but I'm op- I'm stepping into it with optimism and with expectation. And so if we could get, and I'll speak initially to the African-American community, if we could get the African-American community who has experienced significant trauma, mm-hmm it's generational it's it's real time it's current trauma if we can get them if odell can go through such real-time trauma that she directly experienced certainly trauma that many of us didn't even experience all we did was hear about it certainly Mm -hmm. we should be able to turn and figure out ways where at where we can embrace optimism and expectations related to the unknown and so my focal point, this, 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 this is my calling in life, is, is to focus on this. And so, uh, you know, uh, Odell is, is, is
0: a hero of mine because of what she's accomplished. Thank you. Um, um, when I asked Kathy and you to help me, you both said yes. Kathy co-teaches with me. You Darswell has agreed to Kathy help when we start the nonprofit to help make sure that the business is the business. And he says, "Listen, I don't know who else you got helping you, but it's about business. <laughs> There's no playing around. We'll make sure that we run this nonprofit as a business, and that's how you're set up because I know what you're trying to do." So he's agreed to like, he's, like he helped his son start his entrepreneurship and get his footing and his Leg in, he's doing the same for me, and both of you are. And I cannot be on this. I'm glad that I'm on this journey with the both of you. So thank you. You know that, that
1: that that little comment, and I know we're running short here on time. Um, um, we have a family reunion every two years. And this is the the first time. This is when we first kind of did something business oriented, and so <laughs> K- uh, Connecticut decided that they were going to run the family reunion, and. Uh, and so every family reunion since we've been doing them, going back to the 1980s, the, 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 the group, and it, it moves around the country. Every family unit in every geography that ever agreed to do this ended up having to come out of their pocket because somebody said they were going to do something and they didn't pay the bills and, and, and whatever the, the group said. Yep. They wanted to do stuff that they didn't have the money and they couldn't figure it out. And Dell was like, we're not doing that. We're not going into our pocket. And she says, Darswell, I want you to be in charge of the money. Because <laughs> if you tell them, if I tell them, they're not going to listen to me. But if you tell them, they're going to they're, they're going to do what you tell them. And if you say that doesn't make any sense or where's the money or where's the cash flow, Boom, boom, boom. So we were the first reunion, and, de- and they've been doing this for decades. We yep. actually gave the next family reunion I money. want to say it was seven hundred dollars, but we, we gave—we actually gave them money. No one had ever handed seed money from, gener- from, from <laughs> reunion to reunion, and and so Dale, Dell just and she said to me, "That's her Thompson. I'm telling you, this is how we got to do this." And and every—and I think she probably, because I didn't really have to do that much. I just think that she—all she had to do was threaten that she was going to talk to me about it.
0: <laughs> and I told I just got every- in line every family member and i won't mention their names but if they watch this podcast they'll know who they were everyone that was in charge of something (laughs) had to present their budget and their plan to darswell or they wasn't going to receive any money
2: oh and
0: they resisted i've been doing this i know how to do this (laughs) i said it's not happening it's not so i don't care what you do if you you have to meet with darswell and then they met with him resisting and when they met with him they came back and said that was the best conversation i had <laughs> that was great and we were not in the deficit we were in the positive and the reunion went off without a it was it was it was great we had money left over
2: that's and you don't know
0: what it is you don't know right and that's a, a favorite statement that i I, right. I make
1: and 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 i say that when i enter environments that i don't i walk in saying I don't walk into an environment saying, oh, I know what to do or I know how this works. I walk in saying, OK, what is it that I don't know that I need to know? And so in terms of me talking to folks, I didn't they didn't come to me and I said, let me tell you how you should do it. I came and asked a bunch of questions. Yes. OK, so if you're going to buy X amount of crab and Y amount of shrimp, how much how much is that going to make? How many servings? How many? Tell me how is that and what are we charging for it? Okay, so if you look at, so we are we assuming that there's no labor costs, y'all are going to do the cooking for free. Okay, well, then I can see, you know, I'd walk them through so that, because there's literally like, do you want to come out of your pocket? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, I'm not
0: coming out of my pocket. So let's figure out how to make this thing. Let's just figure out how to make it work. Someone's a relative said to Darswell, I've been doing this all my life. I've been doing catering. He said, You obviously haven't been good at it because you haven't made any money. <laughs> Did I really say that? Let's <laughs> see.
1: I, I didn't remember being that blunt, blunt but I, blunt. I, 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 hey, I'm a Thompson. Let's face it, I'm a
0: Thompson.
2: I, I love it. Listen, oh, you're talk, not making right? any
0: money. So, yes, I love
2: it. I love it. Darswell, this has been so enjoyable for me. Thank you so much for being our last guest on the red carpet. But it's been a pleasure to meet you. Uh, What Odell and I try to do is try to expose that a life interruption can sometimes be traumatic or it can just be an interruption in our life. The interruption can have a temporary or permanent effect on a person's perspective of life. We will continue to discuss the impact of trauma and how a moment in time can alter your planned journey. But we also discuss that there's a time where we need to move towards healing and reinventing ourselves. Our podcasts are always for anyone who needs to hear the message. And speaking of message, Odell, do you wanna say something to our audience?
0: I just wanted to say thank you. And as Kathy, we have our first training program next week. The Let's Talk workshop for Train the Trainers is happening next week. We have new customers coming on board who are ready to train their trainers, to get the message out, to talk about emotional wellness slash mental health in the communities, the churches, their families, so we have our first class next week of 14 people registered and other congregations are lined up to say, how do we roll this out? So it's but like I mentioned on your show, Dars, this program is to help pastors not always have to be available because they can't always run their church and be available for mental health. So for pastors, this program is to help them to get support and to train their leaders to answer questions and to help us look at our myths and stigmas uh, we have about mental health and emotional wellness. So next week is our first class. Yes.
1: Congratulations and good good luck with
0: it. Thank you. Uh, Thank you everyone. Please remember to click subscribe, subscribe to our podcast, like our podcast, share our podcast and thank you and good night.